Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Bonjour. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, the home of language learning in the podcast sphere. Uh, we talk about language learning here twice a week. I tell you things that I have been thinking about, tips and tricks that I've learned. I answer your questions and do all kinds of things. In the last episode, I even played someone else's podcast for you. So, you know, it's all happening uh, over here and you never know exactly what you're going to get, but hopefully it's always useful. Now, two weeks ago, I was walking through um, TST in downtown Hong Kong and I went to have a haircut. It was one of the most interesting two hours of my life. Now, I don't know why it took two hours, but it did. Um, Penny, who's the guy who cuts my hair in Hong Kong, for some reason takes a long time to cut my hair. And if you've seen me on videos, I don't have particularly long hair, although it is growing, but I don't have really long hair. So I'm not quite sure why he takes like twice as long as anybody else to cut my hair, but he does. And as a result of that, every time I go to have my hair cut there, uh, I have to speak Cantonese for two hours with this guy who's like a very, he's a very kind of local, fast talking, no BS kind of guy. And I have to put my Cantonese to the test for two whole hours. And I've been doing this for some time, not always in Hong Kong, but in different countries around the world. And I've come to think that getting your hair cut is one of the best possible language learning strategies in the world. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. Before we get into that, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, who are the fantastic company, italki. At italki, you can find language teachers from all different backgrounds, languages, nationalities, to get professional language lessons or informal time simply speaking the language. And you can get a free lesson by going to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson. So can it possibly be true that getting your haircut is a good language learning strategy? Well, I'm sure there are some people for whom the thought of sitting with, with a hairdresser and having to talk for two hours, even in their mother tongue, is more is a bit of a nightmare, let alone in the language they're trying to learn. Because what happens is when you go to get a haircut, it really gets to the core of so many different issues around language learning. And I want to talk about some of these today. There was a bit of interesting background to this most recent, this particular haircut episode, which is that I had just been to Japan. I was traveling around Japan for a few weeks. The first time I'd been back for five or six years. I think I mentioned this in, a, in an earlier podcast. And I had very much got my head into Japanese mode. I was speaking Japanese for, th- for like three weeks. Um, and I was kind of just rekindling all this uh, Japanese experience from the past. The language had really returned for me. It was on the tip of my tongue. And so I kind of got back to Hong Kong and I was, I was doing quite a lot of work and I was not really, uh, Cantonese had kind of gone off to some, some dark corner of my brain. And I was kind of, I think I was kind of avoiding actually speaking it for the, a few days since I got back. Cause I, I was just still like a bit starry eyed from my experience in Japan. So I was, um, after a few days I went to go and get my hair cut. And it, like I said, it was in this, uh, if you've ever been to Hong Kong, you'll know TST it is a very, very busy, densely populated, noisy, hot, sweaty part of um, of of Hong Kong. It's actually in Kowloon. It's not in Hong Kong Island. It's just across the 
the bay of just across Victoria Harbour. So anyway, I went to sit down in the hairdressers, and I, I know the guys in there, so we always have a uh, a bit of a chat. And, and I kind of walked in to the hairdressers with no intention really of putting my Cantonese to the test or really practicing or anything like that. I was just going to kind of get in and, and get out. That was the frame of mind I was in. But over the course of the two hours that I was in there, and I think it's, it's two hours because it's one of these places where they kind of wash your hair like two or three times and then you kind of get this little shoulder massage and head massage. And I don't know why they do all that stuff. I guess people like it. But so they do that at the beginning and then they cut your hair and then they go and wash your hair again, you know, and by the time you've, 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 you've gone out, it is about two hours. Anyway, when I walked in, my frame of mind was completely like not speaking Cantonese. Okay. But by the time I left, it had turned full circle and I kind of walked out with this kind of huge buzzing feeling of like accomplishment and achievement. Cause I just, I just had a fantastic couple of hours just talking Cantonese. And I'd kind of gone from really not caring and just being totally switched off to just feeling on fire, like I could sit down and talk to anybody um, and really in, kind of enjoying it, you know. And it's because of the haircut. And when I this this was the most uh, extreme experience I've had. I think the most extreme time I've felt like this. But when I think back to other haircuts, I can see this happening every single time. Now I talked to my friends about this. So my friend Connor from uh, languagezar.com, he uh, he cares a lot about his hair. And we talk about this sometimes. In fact, he posts stuff on online a lot about him uh, about him getting haircuts and uh, we talked about this on Twitter a bit about um how he you know, he asked me how do you how do you explain how you want your hair to be cut in Cantonese? Don't you find it hard? And I was like, yeah, it is hard. Explaining how you want your hair to be cut is actually really hard in any language because you've got to be very specific. You know, if you talk about, for example, you know, I want you to, to, to thin it on the top and then have it straight at the sides and take a little bit off here. That, that's difficult language, right? But see, what I'm talking about when I'm, when I'm chatting with the hairdresser is not how, how uh, I want my hair cut. It is just chatting. Because here's the thing, when you go and have a haircut and someone is standing with you for an hour or whatever, then the the, the chit-chat, the talking is mandatory. You enter the, to this kind of social contract where the person that's cutting your hair feels like they have to talk to you because it is, it's just the thing that you do. It's polite. It's what you do when you're sat there with someone for an hour or two. Now, I'm sure many people uh, who work as hairdressers actually really do enjoy talking to to the people there as well but i also know that especially when you've got a foreigner going in there like a foreign customer who doesn't speak your language fluently and you don't speak any english for for them i'm sure a lot of hairdressers see that as a as a real hassle and they'd rather not have to deal with it that's certainly been the case in in, in many countries i've been to but nevertheless they still feel like they have you know they a professional hairdresser is going to go to the lengths required to speak to you they're going to make an effort to to chat to you and so what happens is that you get put in this situation where you are spoken to at length in this language for an extended period of time and you will never get spoken to that much anywhere else i can't think of any other situation in a in the, you know date course of daily life living abroad in, in another country where someone will willingly speak to you in their language for more than, you know, a few seconds. 
it's one of the hardest things about living abroad is actually getting that conversation time. People just don't have 10, 15 minutes to stop and chat to you. And so in the hairdresser, what you're actually getting is not just 10 minutes, but you're getting an hour, or in my case, two hours of this person talking to you. And there's no escape. So if you're someone who has social anxiety or who lacks confidence in the language... And I'll be the first person to admit that when I'm speaking Cantonese, I often lack confidence. It's a language that I, despite my best efforts, I don't really feel like I, I dominate at all. And so I do lack confidence when I, when I speak Cantonese. So I, just as much as anyone else, when I go into this situation and I'm sitting down, uh, with the hairdresser, like the fact that I'm there face to face, having to listen and respond, to the questions and actively engage in the conversations. This pushes me to a point that I never really get to anywhere else. I like to do language exchanges, but in a language exchange, the thing is that the person there is a kind of active, part- willing participant, and you're kind of there both, uh, both having agreed to discuss, um, to, you know, to train your languages. You're very much on the same wavelength, but with a with a hairdresser, they're not there to practice languages to help you practice languages. They most likely don't know much about languages or language learning. They are simply chatting to you just like they would chat to any other local person. Penny's funny. Like he, he, he like, he doesn't slow down for me or anything. He just, he'll ask me something. And if I don't understand, he'll kind of laugh. And then he'll ask me again at exactly the same speed. <laughs> you know, he's just a very, very nice straight up guy, which is fantastic for language practice, but it puts me under under pressure because i really have to try hard and i have to push myself way outside my comfort zone and so you've got this kind of combination of someone who is speaking to you like a local person which is often difficult to get you've got someone who's actively asking you questions and you have an obligation to reply it's the social contract you're in you can't just sit there or weasel out of the conversation or make excuses and leave you can't do that you have to push through it and you're there for extensive periods of time which also means that you have a kind of pain barrier which is very much there and you can reach this kind of pain threshold or tiredness threshold if you like fairly quickly if it's a language that you're not too familiar with but you can't just stop talking you have to push through it and so all of these things the nature of the conversation period of time, the social obligation to engage with the person that's talking to you, and the pain threshold and tiredness threshold that you have to push through. These are things which are very unique and very difficult to get under kind of normal circumstances. And so this is why haircuts are so damn effective, because they give you this kind of uh, situation. They put you under this, this, uh, I would call it, it is pressure. I'm sure there's people listening to this who are thinking, well, that, that sounds like a nightmare. I can't imagine anything worse. And often it is a little bit uncomfortable. You know, I remember like Penny will often sort of, sort of start asking me things, which I just have no idea. Like he'll ask me things about that on my hair or like, you know, do you want it cut like this or that? And I'm like, wow, I really don't have a clue what you're talking about. But, and yet you kind of have to, you have, you can't, you, you have to find a way through it somehow. You have to kind of stay in good humor you have to gesture where language fails. And, uh, and, and, you know, you just have to find ways through the conversation, which is an incredibly powerful training mechanism. It's an incredibly powerful experience. And in any other situation, if it's too hard for you, it's 
it's very, very easy for you to just leave and end the conversation, but you can't do it. And it's the fact that you're stuck there with no escape, uh, which makes it so, so powerful. Now, when I'm in there for two hours, what happens is this. At the beginning, I'm kind of just getting warmed up. I'm probably not, you know, tripping over my words a little bit and I'm trying to acclimatize to the, adjust to speaking the language. And then that gets gradually, gradually easier. Sometimes it gets gradually harder as you get tired and you push through the threshold. But then you walk out at the end and you realize that actually you've kind of forgotten that you're speaking a foreign language. You get so used to it, even over this very short period of time, an hour or two, that you kind of, I find that the, the feeling of competence that I have, or the feeling of, it may be an illusion of fluency, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but the feeling that you have in the confidence of yourself speaking this language from the beginning of the two hours to the end of the two hours, it's like night and day. And I just think to myself, well, if I could have this experience, if I could go and get my haircut every day and have this kind of intense two hour obstacle course every day, what kind of impact would that have? on my on my speaking on my conversation on on my proficiency in the language it's quite amazing and and i kind of think to myself well if i could just engineer this somehow like this would be you know far more effective than anything else i could possibly imagine now i guess you probably also reach plateaus of, of 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 sorts so after you spend you know if you were to do that kind of thing every day for a couple of weeks you probably get used to it and then you know start to, to plateau plateau and level out a little bit where you know the challenge you need you start to need a new challenge but nevertheless uh, it's extremely powerful and of course the reason it's so powerful and this is what it this all comes down to this is the moral of the story the reason this is so powerful is because the language is not the focus of what you're doing so often when as language learners we're looking for ways to practice our language you know we take lessons we we search up language partners we go to language events whatever with all these things the language is the focus of what you're doing which puts a lot of pressure on yourself but when you go and get your hair cut no one cares about the language you know if you start telling the hairdresser how you're struggling with these verb forms or whatever he doesn't care it's just a, a weird thing to talk about <laughs> with a normal person and um and so the fact that the language is not the focus of the activity means that you have to put all of your pride to one side and just focus on communicating. So what can you do with this apart from going and getting your hair cut? Well, think to yourself how you can put yourself in situations where the language is not the focus of what you're doing so that you're not being judged based on your language ability. Now, obviously, the person you're talking to is going to be aware that you're maybe struggling a bit with the language, but still, he is not interested in your language ability. He's still interested in communicating with you. So what other things can you do? Things I've done in the past uh, include signing up to salsa classes, something cool that I did in, in Japan, where I learned lots of interesting words for like body parts and movements and things like that in Japanese in those salsa classes and also made loads of friends there with people who didn't care about languages, which is ideal. Uh, I know people that sign up for tours and go on tours and things like that so they can kind of learn about the local local area in the language. I don't know. Yoga classes, there's all kinds of things you can do. And of course, this is much easier to do if you live abroad and you're in the country. But even if you're just going on holiday for a, a week or two, can you sign up to classes and 
or, or something like that that is going to put you in situations where you are doing an activity that is independent from language learning. This is where you can really get an authentic, useful, human language learning experience that can help you push through your, your push out of your comfort zone, stretch your limits and get a firmer grasp on the language that you're learning. It was an amazing experience for me, as you can tell. I'm, I'm kind of worked up about it. It was, it was great. Now I'm back in the UK and I don't know how I can really replicate that. Ah, oh, maybe there are, um, Cantonese speaking hairdressers here in London. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to keep thinking about it. But anyway, if you would like to leave a comment on this, I would love to know your ideas for other ways to replicate this kind of uh, environment. What have you done in the past that has given you this kind of intense um, experience and intense speaking practice uh, for better or for worse, whether you enjoyed it or you didn't, if you kind of recognize that uh, the situation, then come and let me know um, what it was. Uh, it would be very helpful to generate some ideas for me as well, but also for uh, everyone else. You can leave a comment on the show notes. And the show notes are now back up to full speed. We're, we've uh, migrated to the new website, which I actually forgot to mention. So you should go and check it out. Um, but the show notes are now being um, properly uh, filled out again, so you can see what's in the episode and get all the links. You can find this at IWillTeachYouAlanguage.com forward slash episode 256. Now, at the end of every episode, I like to leave you the resource of some kind on the topic of the show. And today, I'm going to leave you with a quote. It's short, but it's impactful. And it is this. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. So said Neil Donald Walsh. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. That's something to think about. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you back in the next episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, one of the questions I get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory. Because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them. So what I decided to do was to put together a, a, a short email course. It's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory. It's a short course, three days, it's completely free, and if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free memory course.